We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Wendy Yahransky. Wendy's a small town girl who was led to move halfway across the world following the voice of God, down unknown paths in foreign countries, learning new languages, and adapting to new cultures. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's exciting to have you here too. It's interesting when we think about hearing the voice of God. It happens in a lot of different ways. Everybody's an individual, so God speaks to us all in different ways. And part of that comes from our own journey of faith and how we can be receptive to hearing the voice of God. But God also speaks to people that don't know him to kind of prompt them towards their own journey of faith. So how did that happen for you? Like, Was your faith in God always a part of your life, or did that develop at some point, or did it happen because of hearing the voice of God? It was always a part of my life. I grew up in a Christian home. Well, my dad was tragically killed in a plane accident when I was six, so I don't have a lot of memories of him. But my mom was a Christian who actually lived what she preached. So I grew up with a good example of what it means to know Jesus and to love Jesus. I mean, I prayed to receive the Lord when I was five, probably. Mm. And I don't remember a time not knowing the name of Jesus. I don't remember a time not believing that he was real or that he was with me. So the idea that God would speak and I could talk to him about things was always very familiar to me. And so that was something that just grew. Obviously, there was parts of my faith journey where I wasn't really walking in the ways that I knew that the Lord had called me to walk in, but I never completely turned my back on it. And I think that just throughout the years that it's grown to know the voice of the Lord better, just like a friend, as you know them better than you kind of know what they sound like. And you know, oh, that doesn't really sound like them. Or now I know a little bit better. That doesn't sound like something the Lord would say. It might be a different voice. But I have always, since a little girl, talked with the Lord and had him speak to me. He often speaks to me through scripture. That's a big way that he speaks to me. But the way that he spoke to me about moving across the ocean, even as a young girl, it was kind of an impression that was in my heart. So I just always had a desire, like a desire to move and a desire to be a missionary. And I could never, it never went away. I couldn't get rid of it. Even when I wanted to in high school, I wanted to do something else. It was just always there and it stayed. So now looking back, I would say that that was the voice of the Lord putting that into my heart. 
Yeah, I think that's a reality for a lot of people. As you said, we can grow up with a faith in God and, and understand that, but really coming into that relationship to recognize His voice in our own individual, unique way and confirm, you know, the calling on our lives. The Bible says the gifts and calling to God are without repentance, which is essentially, you know, what you've spoken about there being called to uh, the mission field. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. I know that you have a real passion for missions, so maybe we can talk a little bit about that. And then I just want to branch off into your other passion of helping others seeing treasures and moments that feel too hard. So how did those two things kind of mesh together? Yeah, the passion for missions was a personal one, and it definitely mostly still is. I don't do a lot of work with other missionaries in the sense of equipping them or helping them cross-culturally, except for my book that I wrote, I think really would help them. But I don't do it in an official capacity. But I do love telling my story because I think there's power in stories. And mm -hmm. I think it's really relatable because even my life now, it would probably be surprisingly similar to other people's lives in other countries. Just the circumstances would be different and the language that I communicate in is different. But I think that there's a lot of things that we would have in common if we sat down over a cup of coffee or tea or whatever and started talking. So I think that's why stories are powerful. But my passion for helping people not get stuck in the moments that feel too hard really did come out of what you said, me being in moments that felt too hard. Language learning was a huge one, the initial things of moving into a new culture. So language learning is really something that really broke me down, <laughs> broke me down to the core of who I was, because it's really embarrassing to function on the level of a three-year-old for a long time <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> it's embarrassing not being able to say what you mean, but to say the wrong things. And sometimes that are funny, sometimes that are inappropriate, sometimes that don't make any sense at all. And sometimes that's met with understanding, but other times it's not at all. People can get frustrated at you or even angry. I've had all of those experiences and I know how many times it's felt impossible for me to learn Serbian and how many times it's felt impossible for me to be able to communicate who Jesus is to me to somebody who has a completely different background and a completely different mentality and has grown up in completely different circumstances. And I would guess I'm not the only one, <laughs> even if somebody maybe is living in their own passport country that they I'm sure they find themselves in situations where they feel stupid or embarrassed or don't know what to do or talking to someone that they just don't feel like they can communicate in a way that resonated with them. So I really wanted to share my story just to encourage people to keep going and really to encourage people that the voice I talk about it a lot. I use the voice to talk about God in my book, that he really is beside us, that he really does call us into things, not to send us off somewhere, but stays beside us as he calls us into new and unknown things. So his voice really is following us and is right next to us. So he'll guide us and he's not trying to trick us or he's not sending us into the unknown or difficult circumstances so that he can kind of prove a point to us. Or when we fail, he's not waiting to say, oh, see, I told you so. I knew you couldn't do it or something like that. That just doesn't sound like God. It's not the way that he is. It's not his character. He really is the one that uses the hard times to reveal something about ourselves for sure. And a lot of times it's a hard 
sometimes when we see all the junk, or for me at least, when I see all the junk in my own life and a lot of stuff comes to the surface when I'm under stress or when I'm in situations that are like language learning or overwhelming, that I see a lot of my pride coming out. I talk about that in my book through language learning that a lot of my pride and ambition, but not healthy ambition, but ambition to be in competition to be better than everybody else that really came out. And I didn't realize how destructive that was in my friendships until it really appeared in through language learning that I just wanted to be better than everybody else. And I didn't like it. And it was something that I didn't want to be part of myself anymore. And I feel like the Lord brought me to that point so that he could free me from it. So the hard times also have a purpose with the Lord because yeah, he uses them, you know, to make us more into the people that look like Jesus, look more like Jesus. And as we're walking with him, that's one of the beautiful things. So if we just stop in the hard things and be too overwhelmed in those things, it it just makes me sad because then it doesn't have to be that way because we have the God of the universe next to us. And once we come out of them, I know for me, once I come out of the difficult times, it's only then that I can kind of see the purpose in the hard. But when I'm down in the weeds of the hard, I don't see anything (laughs) or any purpose. It's just to kind of survive and to keep going. And I think sometimes that's okay. Life really can be overwhelming and there really can be things that take us by surprise and that we can't handle. They're too big for us. But once we go through them with the Lord, then we can look back and it really does become one more testimony that he really is who he says he is. And he really is able to walk with us all the way through any kind of difficult time. I think that's so true. And and there's a couple of points there you made that I think are very key that God won't throw us into something that he hasn't already prepared us for. We may not fully understand what it is that we're being asked to take that next step into, but he's known us since, you know, before he created us in our mother's womb. And he knew our abilities and our strengths and our weaknesses and our challenges and all those things. And so, yeah, I agree that there would be some level of uncomfortableness, you know, Mm -hmm. some reservation. There'd be some level of reservation Mm -hmm. about stepping out into that thing that just will not leave you, as you said, you know, that's burning in your heart, that passion. And you may not see how that could possibly take place, how those doors could possibly open. But as you said, as we walk with God and we learn to trust him, he'll continue to build on each of those little steps of trust to help us to really fully walk in and what he's called us to do. And I, I just think that's a really key point. Yeah, absolutely. It made me think about how diamonds are created. Diamonds are created just through severe, constant pressure on pieces of coal. And they're just like crushed under the immense pressure continually over long periods of time to take something that doesn't look like anything and yet form this beautiful stone. So what were some of the hardest things that you had to deal with along this journey? Yeah, one that I mentioned before about language learning was definitely one of the hardest. That was for sure. At the, that would be at the top of the list, but <laughs> and not just learning the words of a new language, because of course, there's so much nonverbal communication that goes on when we talk with people and from country to country, even it doesn't even have to be a change of language that nonverbal communication can be so different. So missing a lot of like social cues that I would know or not being able to say the words, but not really being sure. I never really thought about it before, but we don't use the literal meaning of the words that we're saying all the time. And so it can be really exhausting trying to read all of the nonverbal communication that's going on and also trying to switch your brain to a new language that you're learning. That was really overwhelming and difficult. It was also difficult just to make new friendships. It takes a long time, no matter 
matter where you are and what language you're in, but especially cross-culturally in a language that you don't speak fluently yet to make new friends and to have deep friendships because it has to grow with the level of your language. So it took me a long time to have deep conversations because I couldn't for a while, but I chose to do complete immersion. So in my relationships, I really tried not to use English and only to stay in Serbian so that I could switch my brain and so that I could really learn the language well. But that also meant that people knew me as much as I was talking. So for a long time, people really didn't know me well because I couldn't speak well. That was really difficult. Another difficult thing was just the ministry that we were involved in. My husband and I, in 2012, we moved to central Serbia with the hopes of planting a church. And we thought that when we moved down, we other people would join us from northern Serbia, where we were living at the time in an established church where we were. But nobody ended up moving. And so we were alone. So that was really a difficult time of just isolation and being in a city of about 200,000 people. And we were the only believers that we knew about. So that was isolating socially and spiritually, all those things. That was also a really, really difficult thing. Something that you said there about being known as you speak, if I can phrase it that way. So your conversation, as you said earlier, you were talking at basically a three-year-old level when you started type of thing. And then, and then it progressed, obviously. And it made me think about how people know us as Christians. They know us through what they see us do. They know us through what we say. And, you know, the onus on us is to get to know the Lord. So we basically become vessels for him to live through and speak through to others around us. And it's such an important thing to do because we may only be the only Bible that people ever see or hear, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And, you know, we have to daily, you know, go to the Lord and say, Lord, just make me more like you. Help me to understand Mm -hmm. your ways and so on and so on. And I don't think people should be scared about that. I don't think people should be set back by that because the more we get to know the Lord, the more we really see life the way he wants us to see it. And we can really feel his compassion, his love, and even his rebuke at times, you know, to share with others around us, you know, our our family and our friends and coworkers and so on. That's a really poignant thing to think about. That reminded me when you were saying that, you know, it is our words and it is also the way that we live. And it's also, I'm learning that the power isn't in perfection. So my example doesn't need to be perfection. It doesn't need to be me trying to portray a perfect relationship with the Lord. That actually it's really powerful for people who know the Lord and don't know the Lord to see what I do with failure or what do I do when the sin comes out and I need to repent. What do I really believe about the Lord? Do I believe that when I have sinned or failed big time or made bad decisions, do I really believe that I'm going to find help at the throne of grace and come boldly? Do I come boldly before him? So that truth really does come out. I'm learning that that's so powerful if somebody can see me come before him boldly in a time of a sin being revealed or a time of me feeling really broken, because that's what the Bible does say that I will find help. And it is the throne of grace. So it's not that really sets us up for not having to be perfect and not having to have the pressure of having a perfect witness or, you know, saying all the right things when we're trying to be an example to people that it really is like you were saying and mentioned, just walking with the Lord and just actually a living relationship in a real relationship, which has all of it times where it's great. And sometimes when it's not so great, but people will see if it's real or not, and they'll see the power of God revealed because it's who he is. And I think I, I'm learning 
to show all of the different sides of my relationship with the Lord a lot more, to be bold, to show the weakness or to show the the brokenness, because I, I really have seen that it touches their brokenness and their weakness. And those are the things that anywhere outside of Jesus, they're hidden or masked, or it's a place of shame, or it's a place where you're taken advantage of. So only at the feet of Jesus is it a place where you can find help and grace and actually be changed after it. So that's been a powerful lesson for me recently on that topic. Yeah, I agree 100%, you know, because it's either we have a a real relationship with God, one that we can bring our bumps and lumps and bruises and (laughs) scars and, you know, trash and all that stuff Mm -hmm. to him and lay it at his feet and say, God, you said that my sins are forgiven and all this stuff thrown away as far as the East is to the West. Mm -hmm. And, you know, either, either God's word is true or it's not. And, and Mm -hmm. of course it is. You know, it can be a challenge for any one of us to come to Jesus with some baggage and say, Lord, like I'm struggling with this or how do I deal with this? You know, show me how to overcome this, you know, all those different things. But just the reality of knowing that he wants us to do that is liberating because I think that the enemy plans every day to keep people from coming to God. You may be listening to the show today and you think, well, you know, I've done this and this and this and this. And how could God ever accept me? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lie from the enemy because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what God wants you to do. He wants you to bring all that. And he says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, all those things, he died for us to bear those things. And I and I agree 100% with you that as the people we are placed in among or around or mm-hmm. with every day, they need to see that reality. And mm-hmm. I think that is such a blessing, you know, that you can live your life that way in Serbia to show people the reality of Christ and not just a religion. Yeah. It's easy to talk about for sure on a podcast. <laughs> it's not so easy to live out that way, but yeah, it is yeah, something yeah. that it is something that I want to do and that I am trying to do and I have seen has been the most impactful for people. Much more than me, me having a speech about the right kind of teaching or even the best, most inspirational things to say that I thought were really inspirational <laughs> have not been as powerful as my life actually being changed by the power of God, even as a believer, a continual changing. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So tell me a little bit about your book. I believe it's called Hard is Only Half the Story. Yes, it is called Hard is Only Half the Story. Real Adventures from My Journey into the Unknown is the subtitle. And I wrote the book, really wanted to encourage people. I did have cross-cultural workers or missionaries in mind, but I have had a lot of people who have read the book who have never left their passport country, who have really been able to relate to the story. So the stories are broad enough that you don't need to live in a foreign country or be a missionary or have been a missionary to learn something from the book. I really just wanted to encourage people that when God tells us to step into the unknown, that it's not to destroy us, but it's actually an opportunity to enrich us and that the unknown actually has the potential to make us better versions of ourselves. And I talk about it bringing out even our true flavor of who we are because we get paired with all these things that are so different from us. But those different things, the flavor of those different things actually combines with the flavor of who we are and it makes the flavor of both things so much better. Really, that's what the Lord wants to do. So the unknown doesn't need to be such a scary thing. It can actually be a place of growth and a place of enrichment. 
and a place where we can have the opportunity to get rid of some of the junk that that we carry around and just lay it at the feet of Jesus and move on and take some of the attributes that are more Christ-like and put them on <laughs> as we leave those other things behind. So that was kind of my heart behind the book. And one of my friends who lives here in Serbia, she's a really talented artist. So I asked her if she would want to read the book and illustrate it. Because why do kids only get the pictures? Why can't we have pictures in our book? Yeah, yeah. And so she said, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think I'm good enough. But she was, of course. And so she read the beginning of each chapter. As readers read, they'll see an illustration. And that's her picture. As she was reading that chapter, that's how mm. she experienced the story and drew it. So also on the cover, there's kind of parts of her illustrations. And I think that they're really powerful and hopefully help uh, the readers to remember the story a little bit better just to have a visual aid. But I thought it was a really cool aspect that my editor and I collaborated on and had the idea to do that. Well, that sounds so, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So where, so where can people get your book? Yeah. So it's on Amazon. That's the best place to get it. So Amazon for sure. I also have a website if people would like to, there's a link on my website. It's just my first and last name, which maybe we can put them in the show notes because my last name is a doozy. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> Wendy Zahoryansky. I'm the only one. That's the good thing. But wendyzahoryansky.com. So that's my website or people can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also the only Wendy Zahoryansky. <laughs> so they can start following me. And if they want more information about it, I'm happy to give it to them or even to interact with people. This is new. This is my first book. So I'm new to this whole world of publishing a book and having readers and everything. But I really do love to hear from them and to hear how they've experienced the story. And even to hear constructive criticism or feedback, those are all really good things as I'm in the beginning of, of my journey. Absolutely. And I'm sure they could just do a Google search. Hard is only yes. half the story and they would find you that way as well if they yes. have difficulty spelling your last name. Yeah. So, so let me ask you one final question. What's the one thing you would tell people about God? I would tell them that you can trust him, that his voice, when you hear it, you can trust it that he'll never trick you, he'll never take advantage of you, and he'll never lie to you. That he really is who he says he is, and his voice will lead you only toward enrichment, even if that might be through pain or difficult circumstances. And it will lead you to satisfaction that is only found by having a relationship with Jesus. And that's really what we are created for. And so it's the thing that we're longing for. And I think that all of us have heard that voice maybe or, or thought we have. And so I would encourage people to pursue it, to really cry out to, to that voice and ask him to reveal himself because he will. And it is worth it in all of the craziness and all of the things that life throws at us. We were never meant to do it without the Lord. And I can't even imagine. I would never be able to handle it or deal with even the brokenness that I see around me, not to mention all the brokenness that I see inside of me. But with the Lord, he really is trustworthy and I can trust that voice. And so can yeah. I? Yeah. Amen to that. And he does tell us if we seek him and search for him with all our hearts, mm -hmm. we'll find him. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I would encourage all of our listeners to go and search for Heart is Only Half the Story. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. God bless you. You too. Wow. Well, there is something that I got to say, but I don't know if you are.
the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.